Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to a quick and fun travel escape? Enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring parks and museums. Vicksburg is the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of On3 Sports. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Atlanta. Mm, that would be a little weird. Yeah. Ever been to Atlanta? Not Atlanta, Mississippi. You haven't? I don't think so. Okay. Where is it? It is in Chickasaw County. Uh, I bet I have been there then. Just a little southwest, uh, almost directly south of Vardaman, southwest of Houston. Then I likely have been through there. Five, 5.6 miles south of Vardaman. Just outside of the sweet potato capital of the world. That's right. That's right. We in need, the middle of the Rams and the Hilltoppers. Let me ask you a question. Why don't you get your thoughts? What if we get Strange Brew to do a Vardaman sweet potato brew coffee? There, could you brew, make sweet? You know, they have blueberry coffee. Could sweet potatoes make a coffee? Oh, I bet they could. Flavored coffee. I bet they could. We might be on to something here. Vardaman, you know, some Mississippi products. That could be a million dollar idea. What is it about that area? So the like I just mentioned, so, Vardaman is the Rams. Yeah, Houston is the Hilltoppers, which are aren't they kind of a? Isn't that like a Ram? I just always thought it was like somebody just walked up a hill. I, I never knew there was an animal involved. I thought that they're, a, yeah, it's like a yeah, their logo is like a, a Ram. I'm pretty sure. Let's have a look. Yeah, it is a Ram. It is a ram. So it's like a mountain goat. Yeah. So what I mean, I'm not saying that goats aren't common around here because I see them yeah. all the time on like right out right off the road I live on, but it just seems kind of strange that you have rams and goats or whatever. Right, right. Yeah, it'd be right one thing if it was just one of them, but they're both that it makes you think that there's some good there, there at one time they had a goat infestation or something. Another thing that really doesn't make sense to me, and I hit, I'm sorry we're getting off, but sometimes it happens. Um, so Carthage mm-hmm. High School in that area, they consolidate okay. in Lee County. Lee County now has two high schools, mm-hmm. I believe. That's, I believe they just have two. Leak Central and mm-hmm. Leak County. Okay. They are both green and blue. Mm-hmm. They both have the same, like initials or whatever. Yeah, LCLC. LCHS. Yeah, and they're both the Gators. That's no good. That's no good. And evidently, 
I was told way back that like they voted like I think like the student body like voted on this. Like they all voted like, well, should be, we'll be the Gators. Sounds good. So they both have the same color scheme and they're both the same mascot. I don't like that one bit. Me neither. Because you didn't, you don't know who to trust. You see somebody wearing a blue and green shirt that just says Gators on it. You're like, it's like uh, you've seen blue chips. Yes. Where he's like, I was raised in the Baptist church. First Baptist or Southern Baptist? I, I got I got you got to go up to somebody like Leak County or Leak Central. Yeah. You know? Yep. And if they have LCHS on there, you don't know. Just like, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't like that. I don't me like either. that one bit. That doesn't work for me. Like you go to Vicksburg and Vicksburg is the Gators and they wear green and white and Warren Central is the Vikings and they wear red, white, and blue and never the twain shall meet. That's right. There right. should be a clear, distinct. I mean. East Webster and Newport yeah. like, absolutely hate each other's guts. They're both maroon and white. I don't like that. But one is what? The Eagles and what is Eupora? The Wolverines. Yeah. No, East Which Webster. again. East Webster's. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just, yeah. Sorry. East Webster's Wolverines, Eupora's Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. I, and are there Wolverines? Are there a lot of ah, Wolverines just a, around you know, Webster that's just County? A, that's just a good mascot name. You know? That's just a good But, but still. Wherever you are in our great state, if you want to enjoy Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning, it's right there at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Place your order, and it'll be shipped right to you. And, of course, you're supporting the Bulldog Initiative, just like you do with our friends at PIP Printing and Science. So we have a job for. We have something we need. We need some printing done, so we need to call them. And I guess, now, can we get Thunder and Lightning LLC uh, to as a donate, as a sponsor of the Bulldog Initiative? Is that how that's going to work? Because what sure. we want is a... A, a a paint a, a picture framed and mounted big enough to go on this wall in here of Rick Stansberry giving the choke sign to Carl Hess when he got thrown out of the uh, the Ole Miss game in two thousand and four. We were discussing this game last night after the uh, the Northwestern game. And you saw Chris Collins get thrown out, and I was like, it's got nothing on Stansberry giving him the choke sign. And I was like, I need a painting of that. I need a, I need I need a framed photo. And Robbie C made the suggestion. Why don't we call Pip Printing? So Camden, if you're listening, need that uh, for the office here. If you can make that happen, and if you need marketing materials or you need signage, envelopes, forms, banners, anything for your business, call Pip Printing and Signs. And when you send your business there, they're going to send money to the Bulldog Initiative. Ten percent of whatever sale you make—that's money you're already spending on printing. Spend it with Pip Printing and Signs. Six zero one four nine nine five two one six. When you need printing, call Pip Pip today. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. They have Central Mississippi's biggest and best selection of it. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online, collegecornerstore.com. And for Valentine's Day, you get get a special someone, some new MSU gear. You can get it at College Corner. Speaking of Valentine's Day, you guys might want to make a reservation if you haven't done it already. It's 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 it's, it's kind of that you don't want to you don't want to be that guy you don't want to be that guy coming home and be like oh honey I thought we'd just stay home tonight you don't want to be that guy so make your reservation at Restaurant Tyler now for a fantastic meal for Valentine's Day or any day hey I, let me ask you this Robbie could you get away with it if if you're like look I I tried to make a reservation for Valentine's Day but they were totally booked but we're going on Thursday we're going on the fifteenth all right. Could you get I away? Could with get that? away with that? You could. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's good. that means you have a wife who's not an extremist. 
she's 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 very understandable like she's she's one of those like me and her on the same page about convenience yeah i got you and like if something just doesn't make sense on valentine's day yeah it's fine we'll just go the next day very good yeah so there there you go make your reservation get a great dinner Every time you're out at restaurant, Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi. That means there's one nearby to serve you. If you live in Central Mississippi and you want to have a banking relationship that has that small town feel but gives you everything that one of those big corporate bank does from a financial standpoint, you can get that with Priority One. If you're a Priority One customer, you already know how great their app is. It's a smooth, streamlined mobile app. You can do anything that you can do in a Priority One Bank branch there. You can do a lot more than just move around your money. The Priority One Bank make you their priority. What's your favorite Mississippi high school mascot? Man, now that you put me on the spot. Mm. Like like the name? The name, yeah. Not not everybody has a mascot. The Whippets from Kosciuszko. It's a good choice. It's a good choice. Yep. That is my... That's easily my favorite name for a mascot. Okay. I think mine in Mississippi. Is it East Union that's the urchins? Yes. That's that's mine. I wasn't sure if it was East or West, but I knew it was one of the Union counties was uh was it the urchins. That's mine. Yeah. Uh the now their color scheme is the absolute worst in human history. What is it? It's like brown and like mustard yellow. That's not great. Well, I mean it's like Wyoming. It, that that's what it is. It's, it's basically so, Wyoming's color. I also like. Is it? Uh, oh, is it Kasuf? That's the Aggies, but their their uniforms look like Texas. Uh, I think I that's were, right. I thought they had maroon in them. No, I think Kasuf wears burnt orange and. Uh, let me look. Well, yep. if only we knew someone like a, you know that was on the beat that went to Kasuf. Yeah. Do like we? Tanner Marler. Oh, okay then. Yeah, they're maroon. Okay, they are maroon. Okay, right. okay. I, I, I'm almost right. Okay, they wear maroon and white, but they have a Longhorn. It's it's like Texas yes. uniform, Texas's logo with Texas A&M's colors. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that I like. I like that. So that's there correct. You yeah. My my least favorite. Well, it's not my least favorite, but it makes me laugh every time is Jackson St. Joe. They're the Bruins, right? So they were the Rebels until like the late 70s, right? And they decided, you know, I can't imagine why they decided to change their, their mascot. But, I know. But uh, so they became the Bruins, and they named themselves after, the at that time, the, the bishop of the Diocese of Jackson, Bishop Brunini, right? So they became the Bruins. The problem with this theory is that Bishop Brunini... Went to St. Al. So you oh named gosh. your mascot after an alum of your biggest rival. <laughs> Imagine if State just came out today like, we're changing. We're not longer the Bulldogs. We're now the Mannings. <laughs> Mississippi oh, State God. Mannings as of today. I mean, there would be an uproar. There would be a little bit of an uproar. We're the Kayats. So the, the, the W changed its name. Mm-hmm. To Brightwell or something? Nah, no, that, that, there was enough public outcry there. They're, they're that's, not what, that's what I was gonna say. So now they're doing they're doing another one. Yeah. And uh, I was talking to somebody today who went to school there, and she said that th- they're going to still have they're gonna they're still trying to get like the word bright or something 
in the title. Mm-hmm. It's like that they like they won't go away from that. Okay. So I might be some more outcry there. I don't know. I I'd say they should name it after their most famous alum, Logan Lowry University. I was about to say uh, Eudora Wealthy or no. She, apparently she does not. No, doesn't want that. Her family's like eh, negative. Not interested in having it named after her. So, whatever. Yeah, I saw that. So. Well, there you go. If I ever you know, college named after your highly accomplished grandmother or I don't know whoever I, I don't know is there some there's some other issue there I don't I don't know what it is so I, I'll always say that if I'm ever on a uh, like if I'm ever on the dozen with Brandon Walker my niche category might be Mississippi high school uh, nicknames I know a lot of them for some reason so I do too well let's let me thank you Lake Cormorant. They're the Gators too, aren't That's they? Right, man. You got one for me? So if I can get um, the obscure you can go. Don't pick one of those new schools though. Don't don't give me something that just opened five years ago. Well, I got I got thinking of, of an obscure school. Okay. That I that I for sure off the top of my head know. Okay. Um past Christian. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know them. Uh, wait, are they? They're like they're like a Warriors or something. Um, oh, that's, I guess not. He gave me the look. Past Christian. I don't. See, know. That's not a team that you think of. Yeah. What is that? What very are they? often? They're the Pirates. Ah, I thought Pearl was the only Pirates in the state. Dang. Okay. Past okay. Christian. Biggersville. Lions. Right. They're the only Lions in the state, to my knowledge. Oh, there's got to be some more Lions out there. I, don't, I think there's a, I mean, there's a ton of Tigers and Panthers. There's not a lot of Lions. This is a whole show. 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of coincides with our naming random... Somebody dude. sent us a tweet about that. Like, this is how you should do it. I'm like, shut up. What? (laughs) Like, first of all, this is we're we're like seven months away from doing it. But secondly, (laughs) I already know how we're going to do it. I've already got that in my head. (laughs) We're going to do it with rumblings. Instead of sending questions, you're going to send dudes. Yes. We're we're just going to talk about our favorite memories of those guys. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. It can be be any dude you want. It doesn't have to be Mississippi State. Yeah. (laughs) Woo! What a, what a, we are rolling today. Um, yes. Why not? So this is our first chance to talk, really, because we did the rumblings yesterday about Mississippi State's game at Ole Miss. And, then, of course, they play Saturday uh, against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama was down big to Georgia and then came back and won that game. Weird. That was insane. There have been some weird results this week. That is one of them. Even though Alabama was favored, Georgia, the way that game played out was weird. Florida goes to, to Rupp. And beats Kentucky. Obviously, we had South Carolina beating Tennessee, winning at Tennessee the other day. It's a bad week for the can't win on the road narratives that we've tried. And they beat Kentucky, didn't they? They beat Kentucky at home, but yes, they have beaten them. I mean, South Carolina. That's at this point, that's not a bad loss for Mississippi State anymore. So, no, um, especially when knowing you had a chance to win. What were your thoughts from uh, from Tuesday night in Oxford, though? What did you think about what you saw? There's plenty of things that you can look at, and I. I get the, you know, the people that are upset about how that game played out. And certainly Mississippi State had their chance there at the end. But 
anytime you go on the road and you play in a tough environment like that in the SEC, you've got to dock yourself, you know, like six to eight points, if not more, because you're going to be, there's going to be some situations where you're rattled a little bit. You're going to probably miss some free throws here and there. You're probably going to turn the ball over more than usual, things like that. So you're already behind the eight ball when you go in. I thought the way that Mississippi State handled itself in that second half, I was actually impressed with Mississippi State in the second half and in a large part of the first half too. Because, first of all, Ole Miss couldn't miss, and we knew that they were going to shoot well for the most part. They've done that most of the year. They've been a really good three-point shooting team. Mississippi State dominated them on the boards. Mississippi State got a ton of – from Deshaun Davis, who we said needed to step up at some point. They got some big shots from Shaquille Moore. Josh Hubbard was fantastic in the game. And you did that with Tolu Smith not playing well at all. And for all the, you know, the vitriol that that Cam Matthews got late in that ball game, and I get it, missed two free throws badly, he had what sixteen and twelve, yeah, and f- like five assists or something. He was on the verge of a triple double mm-hmm. in that game. So you scored eighty plus points. You gave up too many points. You didn't get enough stops down the stretch. You turned the ball over fifteen times, and you gave up nearly twenty points off turnovers. Those things can't happen. You've got to get stops defensively. Second half, they didn't do it. You cannot turn the ball over like that. You single-handedly kept Ole Miss in the ballgame in the first half because you couldn't stop turning it over, and right. they were scoring points off of it. So it's it's kind of a, you know, I'm kind of torn on how I feel about that game, mm-hmm. but it was going to be a very difficult game for Mississippi State to win in that environment with a team that was shooting 50-plus percent. It was going to be tough. All you can ask for is to have a chance to win the game. You didn't do it. And that's the bottom line is Mississippi State did not win the game. They got to win those at some point. They're, they're going to have to win a couple of SEC road games to get in the tournament, I think. Yeah, there's no question about that. I mean, when you look at their schedule, you know, coming up, um, you know, opportunity, obviously this weekend, but but not a great opportunity because Alabama is very good. Missouri, at Missouri is a game you should be able to, to, to win at. At LSU, you're going to have a chance to win there. And I would say at College Station, that's a game that Mississippi State can go in there and win. So, of your, of your, how many road games do they have left? They have Alabama. They're at Alabama, at Missouri, at LSU, at Auburn. That's going to be really, really tough. At Texas A and M. So five remaining road games. You have a chance to. You have a realistic chance to win three of them. And if they mm-hmm. do that, and then they take care of their business at home when they, if they can beat Georgia, beat Arkansas, beat Ole Miss. Obviously, the game with. Kentucky will be tough. And then South Carolina at the end of the season, that's going to be a game for seeding. That's going to be a game where, you know, the winner of that, t- that game is going to be in really good shape for the for the, the tournament. The other one's going to be probably looking at like a seven or eight seed, something like that. So some big games remain for Mississippi State. Uh, there's the thing about Alabama this year. They're good. They're not nearly as good as they were a season ago. And they're beatable. State had a lot of opportunities to put that game away a few weeks ago, and then simply could not do it. They have a chance this weekend to go to Tuscaloosa. And what's odd from last year is State would played much better in this game a year ago in Tuscaloosa 
than they did in Starkville and and really had a great opportunity to win it and just let it get away from their, them at the end. I think the biggest key is you, you can't have three games in a row where Tolu Smith is scoring nine points. He's got to get back to what he's normally doing, and that's getting you 15 and, and, and eight or nine rebounds a game. He If he's not doing that, I mean, I'm glad to see State's role players starting to step up a bit, and I think they can continue to do so, but you got to have your stars playing like stars, and Tolu has to start doing that starting this game Saturday. The disappointing thing about that is I didn't think Ole Miss's post players were a factor in that game, mm-hmm. like at all. You did They didn't get anything out of Jamar, Jamarion Sharp. Both seven-footers were pretty much non-factors. Musa Sise was uh, in foul trouble. And you still could not get him going. He got he had a couple of baskets in the second half, but for the most part, just didn't didn't really get things going. And I think, you know, he was sick. I think he's dealing with a little bit of an illness, and that can always play a factor. But same time, he's got to be more productive than that. And I think another thing that is key for Mississippi State: the games where they are in the fight with Alabama, and it doesn't feel like they're climbing uphill. They're dictating the pace of the ball game, and I've I've always said that about this Mississippi State team. To to feel the games where you really feel good about what Mississippi State's doing, they're really locking up on the defensive end. I mean, the Auburn game, State scored in the sixties, but the entire game you felt like State was in a good position the whole game. You you held Tennessee to twenty one points in the first half. And in, and in the second half, you're sitting there like you feel like State's fighting for their lives with a double-digit lead uh, at halftime because Tennessee was on pace. They were on their pace, and they got in the ball game, and it just felt like State was kind of struggling, but they did pull that one out. The games where it feels like Mississippi State is in control is literally because they are in control. What they're doing is dictating the pace of the ball game. They're keeping the other team out of that pace. And Alabama scored, I think, 58 in the second half against Georgia yesterday. They had 27 in the first half. I think they dropped 58 in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. And they scored like 41 points in like a 10-minute, 10, 12-minute 10, span. So they can score in bunches. They can score in a hurry. State has got to eliminate that. They did that last year on the road. They held them – to their kind of play, they just couldn't make shot. They didn't make a single three pointer. I don't think in that game, and that was that was really the difference. Is State could not make shots. Alabama was able to make a couple of shots, and they were able to win in the sixties. State's got to make this a sick. This game's got to be in the sixties, low seventies. Uh, I, I just, yeah, I agree. With I that. don't think they can live playing in the eighties. Like I, I just don't think that this program under Chris Jans. I'm not saying it's not capable, but I don't think that's what they want to do. So I, I think the the key for them is slowing things down, slowing down the pace, forcing Alabama to turnovers, defending the three point line, which is uh, an area where they can really uh, distance themselves in ball games. State's got to be able to do that. So um, you know, one and done possessions. Running your running your possessions effectively and having efficient possessions on the other end, if that's the key for them in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, low scoring state. That that is how state wins games. You go back to the Auburn game. 
It was a low-scoring game. Tennessee was a little bit more high-scoring, but defensively, State was really good, especially in the first half of that game. And, and that that that's the Mississippi State way. I mean, right now, Robbie, we'll play that game. If, if you tell me right now that State holds Alabama under like 74 points and Tolu Smith is in double digits, I probably would tell you State, State won the game. I would feel yeah. pretty good about State's ability to win that game. So after this game, you're, you, we've been talking about it for, for so long now that it, it really does start to go downhill as far as that, that schedule goes. You, you go Georgia, then you have the Saturday off at Missouri, Arkansas. I mean, you have a real chance to get three wins in those games. Ole Miss at home, you feel a lot better about State's chances to win that game. LSU on the roads, that's a winnable game. Kentucky at home, going to be a bit of a tough game, but at the same time, that is that is Kentucky has shown you they're not an unbeatable force. You can, you can get to them, especially if that game is going to be on the road. I feel pretty good about it. Obviously, being at home going to be about it. Auburn at Auburn is going to be very, very tough. There's no getting around that. At Texas A&M, tough game, but State has a chance in, in that one. And then the South Carolina game to finish out the season. It's just it's just a much easier go of it these next few weeks for Mississippi State. They have a chance to pile up some wins, go ahead and solidify that t- tournament resume, and go into March knowing knowing they're going to be in the NCAA tournament instead of hoping they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. Let's uh let's move into the rest of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef it is what's for dinner. When you are cooking out this weekend, and I know that you're going to be, it's going to be great weather for cooking out this weekend, fire up the grill. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef. We're talking about steaks, burgers. I saw a great video today online. My guy, Bradley Robinson, Chud's Barbecue, he made uh, a cheeseburger sausage, and then he wrapped it in a puff pastry and like smoked them. So you get like the crispy puff pastry, and then there's the sausage with the cheese already in the middle, made a little sauce. It's like, that looks great. I should do that. I'm sure it is. I might I might give that a try. This is one of the many that's the thing about beef. It's so versatile. There's just so many things you can do with it, from eating just a steak to I mean you can turn it into sandwiches, into into, you know, you can do beef back ribs. You got Mississippi pot roast, which I haven't done in a while, and I need to I need to do one pretty soon. It's just it's just it's just good eating. And you know that if you, yeah, I don't need to tell you how good a steak is, do I? If I need to tell you how good a steak is, buddy, we need to get together and, and get you up to date on some things. So, beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends of the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's the place to find the smoked southern soul food that you're looking for. It's going to be the place to find Brian Haydad and uh, Robbie Falk a little later uh, on this afternoon because that's apparently where we're going for uh, for lunch, and I'm very I'm very happy about that. Yes, I, I've been, I've been, uh, you know, I, I can only go a couple weeks without being there, and then I'd be like, I got to go back. You know, it's 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 like it's not an addiction; it's just more like a low grade problem. Okay, I need a chicken chipotle taco today. Yeah, I think it's okay to say it's an addiction. It's a good addiction. I don't I, see. I think addiction, by its definition, is bad. You, you can't have a good addiction. Is anybody addicted to giving to charity? I don't think so. I will admit, I'm addicted to. The um, the uh, pork belly tacos, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think about them every morning when I wake up. I crave them. Yeah, to me that might well, be. Guess an what? You have them today. Yay! All right. Well, we're gonna head on over there. Hope to see you there. And if you're ever in Starkville, make sure you've got a trip to Two Brothers Smoked Meats on the agenda. Great products and great service. Every business likes to promise it to you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems. They've been doing it now 
for 49 years. When you need technology for your business, give them a call. And then if something goes wrong and you need service, you're just calling them right back. They take care of it for you. You don't have to worry about a call center. You don't have to worry about a 1-800 number. You don't have to worry about an out-of-state technician who maybe takes a week to 10 days to get to see you. This is a Mississippi company. They're going to be able to help you out a lot of times the exact same day because they're just down the road from you. So give them a call today if your business needs any kind of new technology, 601-362-9192, or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Maroon & Co., our new sponsor, we are very excited to be with them, and you should be excited because when you're talking about unique Mississippi State gift ideas, that's where you want to go. Most, A lot of places, they all sell the same kind of polos and the same shirts and the same hats. Not the case at Maroon & Co. They have got a lot of great different items that you really can't get anywhere else. And, of course, they are the exclusive provider for the Bulldog Initiative. So if you want a Bulldog Initiative polo or pullover like you've been seeing Coach Levy wear, the place to get them is at Maroon & Co. So when you go in there, grab one of those polos because it helps out the, uh, the Bulldog Initiative and then help yourself to some other great gear as well. Maroon & Co. here in Starkville is the place to shop when you're visiting Mississippi State for Mississippi State gear. We talked. I talked to Coach Justin Parker uh, on Wednesday on Thunder and Lightning Live. That was my first cha- time to chant. My first time to chance. My first chance to talk to him uh, since he uh, arrived here at Mississippi State. And I got to tell you, Robbie, I could not have been more impressed. Very sharp guy. You see why he was in demand, um, and he had a lot to say about pitching. So let's listen to that interview now. I talked earlier uh, this week. Coach Justin Parker, Mississippi State University pitching coach. We are back here on Thunder and Lightning. We're brought to you by our friends at the Vicksburg Convention and Visitors Bureau. Visit Vicksburg, my hometown. Man, I'm, I'm so excited about that sponsorship. I'm also excited to have Coach Justin Parker on with us for the first time here on Thunder and Lightning. And Coach, I asked this coach this question of Coach Lamonis uh, a couple months ago when I had him on my podcast, but I'm going to ask it of you now. You had a good job at South Carolina. That's a good program. They win a lot of baseball games there. They had a lot of success. Why come to Mississippi State? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I've got that a lot. You know, it just was something that as I went through this process, um, you know, and my family was heavily involved as well, obviously. You know, this was just a, a place that, you know, I was very impressed with last spring when we played here. You know, I've, uh, I've known a lot of the other coaches and the people involved for a while. And, you know, it was a pitching staff that I kind of looked at from the other dugout and, and competing against and saw a lot of a lot of talent, a lot of potential, maybe some of it untapped. And, um, you know, just as a competitor, I think this summer it was something that I thought, you know, just uh, I, I'm really looking forward to taking on a challenge like that. You know, I don't know if that, that – um, you know, I think you have to be a little bit crazy to coach in the SEC anyway, but this was a challenge that I was excited about as I started to learn more about it. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to be here. There's no getting around the fact that Mississippi State struggled as a pitching staff last year. The term I've used a lot is systemic, that it wasn't just one guy struggling or a couple of games. It was all year long, and there were huge problems with everybody on the staff. Did you have you had enough time? You feel? I mean, it's been nine months since the end of the season, going into opening day. Is that enough time to correct the issues to a point where you feel confident in your guys going into the SEC season? 
Yeah, I mean, I think so. And, and, and not being a part of that, you know, seeing it again just in a small little snapshot from across, you know, across the field in the other dugout, I felt some of that. You know, when we were here last spring, you could feel a little bit of the here we go again. Um, it was a group that, you know, again, just did, did not lack talent and potential and horsepower by any means. It, it just was a lot of the other things, a lot of the little things. Some of it was an attitude and, and, and an identity. Some of it was a toughness when things get hard. Some of it was, was um, you know, really just the, the pitchability, the poise, the, um, you know, the vision, the direction, the command. And, and so, you know, I think so. I like this group a lot, you know, and I've had a, a lot of really good pitching staffs, and I told these guys uh, this the other day in a meeting. It, this is the most talented pitching staff that I've ever had, and it's, it's deep. Um, we still have things to work on, certainly. You know, we have we have to, um, you know, just can, to continue to grow individually and as a group collectively. But th- this is a group that I'm very confident in, and, and I've watched work over the course of, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months together. And I know that's a short period of time, but I, you know, I I love coaching because I love teaching, and you know, really feel like this was a hungry group that I took over. It was a very capable group, both physically from a talent standpoint and mentally from a, from a learning standpoint. And I feel like we have covered a lot of that ground and, you know, all those deficiencies last year, they were certainly not lost on me. I, you know, you asked the initial question about, you know, taking the job and moving here in the first place, you know, that was something that I was, you know, obviously well aware of and, um, you know, knew I had my work cut out for me a little bit, but th- this has been an awesome group to work with. They, they're hardworking, um, Again, very talented physically and mentally and intelligent. And, you know, I'm excited to watch them continue to grow and compete and, um, you know, and go out here this year and prove everybody that, you know, this is, they are are a little bit banged up inside. I will tell you that. And I I think um, for me, and this is the way I prefer it, but, you know, nobody's talking about us a ton. And and we kind of like that as a group. We know we have a lot to prove and, um, you know, we'll continue to maintain that chip on our shoulder. What's something that you've that this team struggled to do a season ago that you've seen improvement on in in, in the practice months that you've had? Something that you know, be it control, uh, their mechanics. I want to talk a little bit about mechanics in just a minute. But what's something that you said? Okay, this team wasn't doing this last year, but I feel like we've got a little bit of a handle on it thus far. Yeah, I mean, I put I put a priority on on movement patterns, and you know, a lot of people call it mechanics. I I, I kind of as I'm coaching the guys and teaching them, I kind of refer to it more just as a sequence and timing and, and things like that. And, and when you do those things correctly, you free yourself up to command the baseball better. So I think we've done that at a, at a much higher clip. You know, that, that to me is where it starts and stops. Uh, you know, you, you got to allow your, um, you, you got to allow your team to, to play behind you. And, you know, when you look at the successors in our league and, and across college baseball, you know, guys that can, they can limit the free bases and keep the ball in the ballpark. You know, they, they typically have a chance to win a lot of games. It's, it's things have skewed a little bit more towards being hitter friendly in the last couple of years. When you look at just the addition of, uh, of, of the trackman strike zone in our league for the umpires. So the, the strike zone's gotten a lot smaller. Um, the, the balls are harder than they've ever been. The hitting coaches and the technology have allowed those guys to really prepare for for your starter like they've seen them all week where, you know, there used to be a feeling out process. That's gone. So, you, and you see it in, in across the league in in, uh, in ERAs. I mean, even some of the best pitchers, top half of the first-round pick type pitchers in, in the SEC, they're, they're in the four-and-a-half to five ERA ranges oftentimes. So, 
you know, those are things that, you know, we put a priority on, just making sure we attack the zone, we keep the ball in the ballpark. You know, I put a premium on on pitching fearless, especially to the inside part of the plate. Um, you know, teaching guys, you know, a, a secondary fastball, just making sure that they can get down underneath the bat and keep the ball on the ground more often than the air because, you know, there are even days, you know, whether we're at home, you know, or on the road, there are days where fly balls are home runs and it's just – Especially when things heat up, you, you just got to be able to to be uh, able to combat anything, you know, on the road, at home, weather, wind blowing in, warm days, all of it. So, those are a few points of emphasis. Just making sure that guys are are competing in the strike zone, they're pitching fearlessly, they have um, the toughness to deal with adversity because it's coming. I mean, that, that's what this league is. It's that's why everyone signs up. It's you're going to deal with adversity. So just having a plan, having an answer when you have to get off the mat and compete. And so those are those are some things with our staff. And then, of course, there's a lot of intricacies individually, guys just growing their arsenal, um, growing their delivery, growing their confidence, uh, growing their ability to compete and game manage uh, and handle uh, the run game and, and all those different things. Coach, I'm an old man. I remember when wins was an important pitching stat. And, and so I, I struggle sometimes with analytics with the amount of data that you guys get as coaches now and put into practice as a as a as a as a coach how important is data and analytics to you as a coach and what you want to do well i'm glad you said that because that's that's been a an emphasis of mine uh, all fall and then i i had that message again this week with our group it's just you know there are a lot of guys that are watching you there there are young kids watching you there's the media watching you there there are fans, there are scouts, uh, and and guys are going to ask, oh, is he a winner? You know, because they want to know that, especially the scouting community. This is a program that historically has has been scouted and, and has had tremendous success in in, in professional baseball, and that's going to be a question that people ask about you. And so, if we're not going about it every day with that being at the top of the pyramid, and then everything else trickling down, yes, to answer your question, the analytics are a big part of it, but it's only to give you a better arsenal and a better chance to have success and win the game. So, um, you know, I, I kind of think of myself as a blend. Um, you know, I, I do have the a really good understanding of the technology and the analytics and how it impacts and how to get, you know, each guy in the best position for them, how to use their stuff and their arsenal in the best situations, uh, making sure they're using their stuff appropriately. But also, you know, you're, you're going to go out and pitch and – you know, arguably the one of the best leagues that you're going to face in, in, in all of baseball until you get to the major league playoffs. And a lot of that stuff's not going to matter. It's it's going to be the competitor, the toughness, the ability to process and, and problem solve in real time and, um, and and do all those things that, again, I, I think you're spot on. Because, you know, even when you look at baseball at the professional level, there's, you know, in the last two years, I think there's less than 10 guys that threw 200 innings, and they're and they're starting less and less to to really care about longevity in that starting pitcher. They're starting to care less and less about Cy Young winners winning games and putting much more of an emphasis on those analytics. But I still sure put a premium on on guys that win games and, and make it really hard to lose when they have the ball in their hand. Coach, only have got about a minute left. We had a chance to talk to some of your guys this past Friday, and they all talked about you talking to them about the way they throw pitches. It's not; it, it, it was more mental and physical, body and mind, kind of working together, uh, more of a process. If you've got, if you can explain the process of pitching in sixty seconds, I'll be pretty impressed with you. So go ahead. 
<laughs> well, I just think it's a belief and a confidence in what you're doing. And I've seen this group work really hard at, at, at all those things, starting with building their deliveries, uh, believing in their arsenal, um, seeing the ball go through the hoop a little bit in both their bullpens and their live work. And then it's just a commitment to trusting that and, and believing in themselves, believing in each other, and, and, and growing as a group. So I, I've seen that. I'm very confident in that. And we will continue to be a very hardworking pitching staff as we move forward. It feels like a lot of great information you just gave us, Coach. I really appreciate your time. Justin Parker, Mississippi State Pitching Coach, opening day. It's not too far off, 17 days. Thanks for joining me, Coach. Thank you for having me. All right. Really appreciate it, Coach Parker's time. And like I said, I feel like we got a lot of information out of that. Um, Robbie, the confidence is there for him that this this pitching staff is going to be okay, that that they have everything they need. He feels like from a talent perspective, there's no question that he's got plenty of good arms to work with. But he talks about mentally this team was a little bit broken last year by, by what, what went on, and that's, that's, that's going to be a, a big part of, of fixing it. But he felt confident that, that, that that's going to be the case. You know, we've been saying for the past few weeks that, you know, hey, they don't have to be great. They just got to be better, right, than they were a season ago. What happens if this pitching staff is actually good? We haven't we haven't really delved into the idea that things might go well for Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, if that's the case, I think this this team has the potential to be really really good because to me the the lineup has I don't know if the lineup strengthened as much as it was last year, but the positions have. You should be better at catcher. Ross Highfield should be better this year. You've created a lot of competition in the middle infield, and I think you're probably going to be pretty good there. I think you're going to be really good at third base. The outfit looks to be good. So the defense is is really good. The offense should be really good. If the pitching is really good, this team's really good. There's, I mean, it's got to be. I, I don't – I think we talked enough last year about how, you know, if they could just pitch, where would this team be? If you if you look at the stats and you start knocking down some of those um, those big ball games where you're giving up 12, 13 runs plus mm-hmm. twenty plus runs or whatever, and you start tacking on wins instead, and you go from nine wins to fourteen, fifteen wins last year, you're on the verge, you're on the cusp of hosting, and that's uh, you know to me that's a huge that's a huge difference, and if that happens this year, I. I think they very well could do that. So I, the pitching to me is the biggest uh, question that needs to be answered at this point. They've shown they can defend the last couple of years, even when they were bad. Last year they didn't. 2022 they were they were a pretty good defensive team. They've shown that they can hit. The only thing that's been the common denominator in those last two seasons is your pitching. So if they fix that this year, which I'm not expecting to be that massive, of an improvement, but you just need an incremental improvement just to show that you're getting better. That should be in good shape. I want to make a guarantee, by the way. I don't know about this year. I don't know about this year, but I guarantee that next year in 2025, Mississippi State makes the SEC tournament in baseball. Guarantee yes. it. Uh, I, I would put my mortgage on Mississippi bet, State making the tournament next year. Bet your bottom dollar. That it happens. Yes, the SEC announced today that starting next year, it will be all 16 teams, all 16 teams now, uh, in Hoover for the tournament. So they'll set up a double buy for the top four seeds 
uh, in the tournament next year. So I, that was always coming, right? It, it didn't make sense, especially you think about these last. How much? How much does the city of Hoover lose these last two seasons with no Mississippi State, and then last year with no Mississippi State and Ole Miss? Those are yeah. fan bases that come to Hoover. So yeah, yeah you, it's all about money. So you got to get everybody over there. Even Alabama doesn't come every year or right. Auburn. Right. You know? When they're when they're good, they're there. But you know, it's it's not like that. It's like LSU, State, Ole Miss, and sometimes Arkansas will travel. But really, the the top three that travel are LSU, Ole Miss, and State. Yeah. And they're the ones buying up hotels. They're the ones buying up tickets. They need all of them, and they're that. And I guarantee you, that's what they're thinking. Is we can't we cannot have the last two seasons where State and Ole Miss, one of the two or both, are out. It's mm. just it's not going to be able to happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll be back with you guys on uh, Sunday night or Monday, and we'll be talking Mississippi State sports. Uh, plenty to talk about as, as basketball continues to uh, to move on, and as uh, football starts, you know, we're we're starting to get the whispers of spring practice. We should start seeing off season drill videos. I don't know if we've seen any yet. Have we seen? Have we seen one? They just they posted one the other day, I think, okay. and they just posted some pictures of. Uh, as you Some know, of the freshmen working out. Mississippi State has a new strength and conditioning coach, so which means they have never worked harder. Uh, they That's are right. working harder than they ever did before under the previous regime, who was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. This guy is more ho- old school, hardcore workout kind of guy. So, looking forward to that. Uh, their uh, their workout gear has state script all over it. So. Well, of course it does, because that is the way of the future. Uh, you're welcome. I'd like to point that out one more time. All right, guys, have a great weekend. Robbie and I will be back with you next week. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.